Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Across the UK, online and on DAB. <laughs> Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. Femba can go to hell. Topical talk, outspoken opinion and inspirational conversation on the hour of Badass Power. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators but no one compares. Minter, Campbell and Sexton are your all new Saturday Night Super Squad. Badass Women's Hour on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. One, two, three, Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co-host. And this week I have the lovely Emma Sexton. But we also have a new co-host because Natalie Campbell can't be here. Welcome Melanie Eusebi. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Welcome back, in fact, because you've been here before. Uh, you the know chair what you're is doing. feeling really comfortable <laughs> right now. <laughs> so as ever, we'll be with you for the next hour talking about all the stories that have caught our interest this week. Plus, we'll have our regular badass balls ups where we try and solve your problems and our backdated badass, a woman from history that you absolutely need to know more about. But kicking us off, it's our stories this week that we have found annoying frustrating the stuff that's really making us a little bit mad uh emma you're kicking us off what have you got yeah the story that i found this week was um it's uh called your pain is not real how doctors discriminate against women and this just really resonated with me because i've had lots of conversations with friends but basically because of lots of sexist myths around health and pain women are basically having difficulty getting proper diagnosis and treatment for lots of serious conditions there's basically studies have shown that doctors regardless of gender tend to under treat female patients and take longer to administer uh, medication to women longer to diagnose them i think this is just i think it's terrifying but i do think it's really representative of the experience that i've had and that women i know have had so um i'm happy to talk about this but my mother's friend a few years ago uh went to the doctor several times over the course of six months um various pains things she wanted to get checked out and they just kept sending her away and sending her away and on the final uh trip that she went on they were like actually we think this is a psychological problem that you have and that you're making this up. And she had stage four pancreatic cancer and she died a few months later. And they just did not believe her. They refused to believe that this was not something that she, as a woman, wasn't just making up. It was an awful, awful experience. Melanie, have you heard about this? Do you think this happens? I think it's I think it's just from the history and the dawn of time of medicine honestly I, I've, I remember on the BBC I had to call this out on TV one day because the even medical practitioners in general are just when we test drugs when we test procedures we're testing them on men and then we just transfer them over to women and then even with our gynecological you know like our bits and our bobs <laughs> at the end of the day you know they just do not know as much about our bits and bobs as they do about you know men's bits and bobs and so we're really suffering we're really suffering um, the medication, heart disease medications, those things are just tested on men and they just dash them into women's bodies. They're just like, hey, why don't you just get a hysterectomy? Oh, your uterus isn't working? Hysterectomy, okay. That's that is, that's the general attitude and mentality across the world. And one of the things that this has come up about recently is actually endometriosis and the numbers of women suffering from endometriosis, which is crippling. And if you have it, you have my absolute sympathy because it can knock women out for you know, weeks at a time. And it has just never been taken seriously. Nobody's ever diagnosed it as a proper condition. No, you have to really 
force the NHS to give you any form of treatment. Otherwise, you're just written off as another woman who can't cope with a few period pains. Yeah, in this article, it talks about a 2001 study by the Journal of Law, Medicine and Ethics that found that doctors often incorrectly believe that women have a natural capacity to endure pain and possess more coping mechanisms thanks to the stresses of childbirth. I think as human beings, we can cope with an awful amount of pain. You ask anybody who's been in a serious accident, but why it's assumed that just because we might be able to have children that, you know, our capacity and I don't want to endure pain I want to be treated for my ailment thank you very much so if you work for the NHS or if you have had this experience do tweet us and tell us what why do we treat men and women differently or do we not is it that this symptom we know women are more likely to go to a doctor early on in a condition and men tend to wait is that why we treat men more seriously do tweet us and tell us at badass women's hour HR at badass women's hour um, our second story this week is Uber. Melanie, tell us about Uber. What's going on there? Uber. <laughs> so, Uber, Uber. Well, um, huge news this week, actually. So the head of Uber, he was he stepped down he's resigned and so this is actually kind of one of the uh, an end point from a really long battle so recently a former employee of uber wrote a you know a blogger wrote an expose around the culture of uber being really really sexist and so just in regards to the women who worked there the sexual harassment that they would go through um some of the things that would happen when uh, uh passengers had complained that uber drivers had raped them and so they would be investigated Investigating these passengers and trying to bring them down in the courts of law. And just in terms of just the general behavior of the CEO himself, um, Travis, Travis Kalanick. So what's happened is that the board of directors pretty much asked him to resign because it's been impacting the bottom line. And actually, what's really funny about this is that a few weeks ago, they've made some really um, great hires to their board and to their executive, which is Ariana Huffington, who's just you know, Miss Holistic working herself now. Now, not mm-hmm. then. <laughs> <laughs> Huffington Post takes a lot of drive to kind of start. So she's, but she went through an experience where she has, she has, uh, you know, just looked at work, incorporating workplaces and making them really great places to be. So she was hired at Uber. And then we have um, Bazoma St. John from Apple to as the head of branding, because we knew that Uber had a branding problem. So it does have a branding problem, but it's created the branding problem, right? So Travis Kalinick, the former CEO, famously gave an interview to GQ in which he said starting Uber was the best thing he ever did because it got him laid so much he could call it Booba. I mean, that tells you everything about the culture in that place, right? And I don't know that hiring a couple of senior women to your board is enough to fix it. Emma, can you change culture at board level? Oh, I, well, I think you. I think you can. I think there's a general problem, isn't there, with businesses that there is this macho, very masculine culture. It's interesting they've asked him to stand down, which is mainly due to the reaction that's been happening, rather than the fact that his behaviour has been so bad. It's like, okay, so it's just a, you know, money talks all the time, isn't it? Not morals don't talk, but money talks in business, and that bit really riles me because it's like he should have been kicked out a long time ago, like. This stuff should have been, have been changed. But are we implicit in this? Because I have been writing and banging on about Uber and their culture for a really long time. But I got to the studio in, this morning in an Uber. Like, am, yeah, am I just I adding using. to the culture? I haven't stopped using Uber, but to me, there's two things. There's a business culture. Like, if you talk about a central hub, there's a business culture there. That is toxic. There's a lot of business cultures like that. Then there's the other culture in terms of the, the news stories that goes around, the Uber drivers and the way that they're treated. That's a, that's a separate thing. But then there's also, you know, the, the criminal offences that are caused by Uber drivers. So I think there's almost like three separate pockets for discussion that don't necessarily all relate to him as a CEO. They relate to... To the gig economy business model you know the the criminal offenses i mean black cab drivers have been the cause of criminal offenses so to me they're not that's not uber centric i think the challenges that have come up with the way the drivers have been treated is because we're in a completely new gig economy so uh, to me i'm not going to stop using uber but i don't support his masculine culture but the thing is i just let's compare him to donald trump 
you know, the three in, the three bits that you've just mentioned, they all apply to the Trump administration in some form or fashion in the last 20 years. That, you know, he has, it's, there's been some toxic, toxic business models. He's actually been bankrupt for a while. There's the criminal offenses or the criminal charges that have been brought against him. And just, you know, some of his interviews and the things that he said, they're actually, if we want to put it on a scale, it's actually worse. But he's, our, he's a U.S. president. So that is my inspiring point of the day. Great, guys. That Great. Really me. I do not want Travis Kalinick deciding with all this free time he's about to launch a presidential campaign. Travis, no. So, um, our final story this week is one that I feel like I've just got really grumpy about and nobody else has. Boys in skirts. So you might have seen on the front pages of all the papers this week a group of kind of seven, eight-year-old boys wearing their school uniform but wearing the girls' version of it. So they're there wearing skirts. And they're doing this in protest because their school uniform does not allow them to wear shorts to school. And they're saying it's too hot to wear trousers. The girls can wear skirts, so they want to be able to wear skirts as well. Everyone I know thinks this is the sweetest story of all time. Emma, you think it's a lovely story, <laughs> well, right? because I didn't see the schoolboy one until um, we, we shared that in the production meeting. So the story that I'd seen was about the, the 20-year-old who worked at a call centre who basically was sent home from work for wearing shorts and he was like, right, I'm going to go into work in a dress. And I love the fearlessness of that. I think that regardless of his gender, I think somebody taking control of a situation, having agency like that is great. Two, the fact that a guy was quite happy to put on address post it all over the internet i kind of like that too like that's good that's progress he should put his backside in heels (laughs) the thing that annoys me about (laughs) this is these guys whatever their age they're not doing it to protest the ridiculous gender stereotyping that goes around on what we wear they're doing it to say look how silly it is to see a boy in a dress that's what they're doing and that annoys me like guys you are only interested in the protocols around dressing and what people have to wear when it affects you why are you not out there campaigning against how bad it is for women being forced to wear heels to work which they now can be they can legal you can company can legally force you to wear a pair of heels as a woman guys do you not think that is ridiculous why do i not hear you standing up for us in that because it doesn't affect them but i think the fact that they have made a stand and those group of school lads who did that i i mean I like as women we should have been doing more than that and we haven't we should be taking that kind of activism like they're just like zero f's given this is what we're going to do and we're co- like more more women should be doing that we no, should be doing that there are lots of girl, there are lots of school girls out there who have protested their school's rules because school rules around what you wear are inherently gendered and there are some girls who've done some brilliant brilliant stuff around that and they have done it around the basis of this is sexist this is misogyny in action you telling me what to wear is sexist these boys are doing it because they're a little bit uncomfortable on a hot day mel what do you think i think that you know it does get really hot and actually skirts for me and dresses that are a bit more breezy technically (laughs) (laughs) so and i I also think that they are young boys and they may be taking the mic just a little bit but on the other hand it it almost seems like it's their first few steps in advocacy and i i like the fact that we are all encouraging them in that i think that 100 years ago no boy would have dreamed of even trying to wear a skirt well, outside of Scotland, you know, <laughs> to, to protest, uh, you know, just just to pro- protest what they have to wear at school. And so I think that that indicates progress. But of course, they are still 15 year old boys and they take the mick out of everything, including probably gender equality. So, yeah. And you know what? The other thing that was really interesting about this is they said they did it on the first day and somebody said, you can't wear a skirt with hairy legs. So they've bought in a razor. And I was like, OK, boys, do you know what? This is great that you've experienced this level of casual sexism. Do I think this is ever again going to stop you from saying to a girl, oh, your legs are a bit hairy? No, of course it's not. Of course it's not. (laughs) Of course, next year the girls will be there in skirts and they'll be like, oh, shouldn't be wearing that with her thighs. That, I just... But it hasn't been done before, so we don't know. This may impact them in several ways. Even just being exposed to this conversation about their actions... I think is, is is a huge step. That is true, Melanie. I should be more hopeful for humanity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think? Do you think they're taking a really big step for gender politics? Are they going to change? Is this going to impact them? What do we think? Do you think boys need to experience this stuff to understand it? Do tweet us and tell us what you think at Badass Women's Hour, HR at Badass Women's Hour. We're going into our second section where we bring in a brilliant guest to chat to you in a minute. And this week we have Melanie Goldsmith, who's an entrepreneur, founded the company Smith & Sinclair, which is basically my favourite things. 
sweets and alcohol combined. So we'll be chatting to her about what it's like to be part of the foodie revolution in London, what she's learned in her journey and how we can all follow our dreams and turn them into a business reality. Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co-hosts Emma Sexton and Melanie Sabie, who's hip with us for the week. And we have another Melanie in the studio, which is going to really complicate things, pew, but pew, I'll pew. try and keep them separate. <laughs> <laughs> Melanie Goldsmith is joining us from Smith & Sinclair. If you haven't heard of Smith & Sinclair, they make the most delicious alcoholic sweets which we're going to test because she's brought us samples. Yay! Welcome, Mel. Hiya! <laughs> so, Mel, tell us a little bit about what the sweets are and how they came to be. So, the sweets are essentially the world's first edible cocktail. So, it's a range of eight different, you would say, giant fruit pastels. They're half a shot each and all deconstructed in the same way as a drink. So, with a cocktail, you have your spirit, your mixers and your garnishes and we've just deconstructed that into an edible and I can confirm you can actually be drunk on these because I went ate a packet of 12 and I was wasted. <laughs> really? That's a lot. This is exciting. <laughs> Five and you can't drive technically, so you were wasted. <laughs> um, yeah, and the way they came about was I used to be in theatre and I kind of felt that there was a stagnation with what you get an experience like the West End or Secret Cinema or Punch Drunk and then you get sort of Haagen-Dazs ice cream and you're like, oh, this doesn't really add up. Um, so when Emil and I started running a dating night that was all about adult play in a very sort of genuine, authentic way, not in like a hardcore sexy way, um, <laughs> we had board games and we were like, how do we give people that tool to play and make them feel comfortable without having to spill a drink or feel uncomfortable about having that and not being able to touch things? Games mainly. Um, <laughs> this is you had a Scrabble just... night for grown-ups, basically. Is that what you're saying? It was a glorified Scrabble night for grown-ups. <laughs> Best Snakes night and ladders. Guess who? <laughs> Battleships. <laughs> you name it. Hungry hippos had it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm really confused because you did call it an adult, but there was no sex, right? It's no just, sex. No, no. no Not just that board I know games. Of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really <laughs> trying hard to get to the concept of a board game because really, adult play. <laughs> as soon as you said those two words my mind just went straight to sex <laughs> yeah 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 and it's actually what's been really fun about developing the brand over the last three years is what is play how do we classify play for adults and we've gone through from a board game night which is actually quite juvenile and you know you have things at the moment like Bolly Ballison or Escape Rooms and Crystal Maze and they're these amazing childlike play environments and actually where we're trying to separate our brand now is taking it to more of a sensory engagement area of play Tell us what that means. What's sensory engagement? Because again, I'm thinking like blindfolds and bull gags, but I don't know where that's come from. <laughs> I feel like I'm there. all you want is me to talk about the sex. <laughs> Pretty um, much. But it's going like if you, the reason why adults experience differently to children is because they know what to pick up on. When you're a kid, everything's new. Play a new game, go to a new area, see a beach for the first time. It's all new. So it's actually like what you would call sensory in terms of what you're seeing for the first time, tasting, smelling, touching. It's all new. And when you're an adult, you're very rarely, your perception's rarely played with. So what we're saying is you expect to go into a gallery, for example, an art gallery, and not touch anything, which is a really odd thing to expect to do. It's like, mm -hmm. you've come here to experience, why wouldn't you use every touch point to experience? But we don't, because we're told not to, because art's so important, you shouldn't touch it. Whereas we're going to do an activation for three months in Christmas, which is going to be flipping that on its head so that actually everything is about touching and smelling and tasting and feeling in a really heightened way exciting i'm looking Great forward friends. to this it is fantastic so i actually it's making me think but i have to talk about the fact so melanie and i have actually met before we met through emma because we went to new york and when we were there i i don't know why my head is looped into this but it really is <laughs> melanie took us all to the museum of sex and this is why you just want to talk about sex with me. <laughs> yes. And there was an installation, do you remember this, where you could like climb a wall, but the handhelds that you would climb onto were penises. Yeah. I don't know why that's just <laughs> that's the, the only bit you remember. Brain. The whole of that New York trip is the only bit you remember. Is that what we're thinking for Christmas? Yeah, less. <laughs> less dicks. <laughs> More touching. <laughs> 
Can't wait. Knew it. <laughs> uh, so you have a new recipe for the sweets. We're going to try. Can we try some? We're going to try the new, and then afterwards try the old because we're in the middle of testing at the moment. So they're still not complete, and I asked to pre-open them before. I went on because they're noisy. But I'm, <laughs> I'm always so fascinated when I hear kind of entrepreneurs in regard and creating something. So it's one thing to have a service-based business, but it's really another thing to have, you know, like how did you even think, okay, I'm going to have these candies and I'm going to go, did you just go into a factory and say, hey, can you make me some candies? I, the flavors, all of those things just to create something tangible in your hand. Like how did that even come to be? This is delicious, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. We'll be drunk by the end of the show. Mm, more Ginny. Um, it's really interesting because I don't come from a product background at all. And Emil, who's my business partner, is a chef by trade. But he chefed in really good British cuisine restaurants. So he'd never dealt in sort of a patisserie capacity. So when we came up with the idea, it was because we wanted something all I can hear is like the subtle sound of chewing <laughs> it, is, it is so delicious I don't have to do because obviously this is not MasterChef okay. so you can't see what we're eating <laughs> but it's basically like a sort of gummy Haribo thing but tastes like a really ginny cocktail like I got a good hit of gin there yeah. straight to the back of my throat and it's like it's just really it's lemony lemon we've got lemon? elderflower and a bit of thyme okay I'm just should not be on a blind Citrus. taste test that is my, yeah. this is my favorite cocktail in but the whole is, wide world this is really helpful to know if it's lemony we're going to be like interesting <laughs> we should be checking the recipe Mel you've really hustled to get this business like off the ground what's been one of your like best hustles because you've got some incredible stories and you've really been tenacious with building this business like, what's one been one of your best hustles? Um, I feel like my whole life has been built around hustling. <laughs> um, stage one of hustle was when we couldn't get a kitchen because we had no money. And at the time, there wasn't this, like, food, what's been called, like, foodpreneur, for want of a less naff word, um, environment to work with. Where now there's, like, so many support systems. There's a peer here, and then there's another thing called Kitchup, which is a kitchen version of a peer here. None of that existed. So when we started we were looking at Chinese restaurants that were only open in the evening and were renting out the kitchens in the day. But they're really expensive. They were like £200 a day. Or you could go to a definite kitchen, which are these incredibly equipped industrial professional kitchens out in like Watford and Park Royal and are incredibly inconvenient. So we kind of looked on our doorstep and basically went into every church and synagogue in the local vicinity and were like, you're not using your kitchens. <laughs> How about we use your kitchens? Which seems like a really good idea until you really build your hope in this one venue and you make 4,000 and then you go in and their cleaners come in for the first time that whole week and decided to turn off your dehumidifier and all your product oh, is. Oh, no. That's one hustle. I think the whole Stein any business is all about hustling. It's all about what you're willing to do. And I say that to people, like, what lengths, how weird are you willing to get? Because we're willing to get very weird. Well, we know. Um, and a really funny one the other day. I really want to get in touch with this girl who's the granddaughter of the famous porn baron in of Soho. You can't blame and... me for making this all about sex if you're <laughs> going to get in touch with the granddaughter of a porn baron, but go on. Yeah, and she basically owns all the real estate in Soho, essentially. And we were like, what a great person to know for some space and some interesting pop-ups. And she's young and she's interested in the creative arts world. And I turned to my sales girl and I was like, you're from West London. You're under 30. See if you know her on Facebook. And she was like, I just, I don't just know people because I'm from West London. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I feel like you're going to... They had 25 mutual friends in common. And I was like, right, send her an email. And she was like, no, I don't know her. And I was like, send her an email. <laughs> you don't know her, no harm's done. That's Paul Raymond and his daughter, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Though. I know like, my porn barons. Yeah, yeah I was going to be Quick to the memory there, Harriet. You guys, you guys are killing me because I didn't know that this is going to be this kind of show today, people. They're like, yeah, come on, be a guest. I was like, really? <laughs> but so seriously, I, I want to go back to the hustle thing because the, just it, even thinking of being going to a synagogue or a church and using their... Uh, like stoves during the day and then looking and saying hey let's go to the porn baron's granddaughter <laughs> like that that is extreme hustle like that's not Mel's that's not regular hustle. Hustler. you're yeah absolutely amazing absolutely yeah. amazing but when you got no when you don't have money in the beginning and you have to make a product products are expensive at least with an agency you can work from your house with a computer and kind of have no overheads well we from day one had really high overheads and creating a product 
that you have no idea about and it's not like ice cream or crisps or something mm-hmm. which has been done before and we can go to a lab or a factory and be like can you just do this flavour instead of that flavour mm. we were creating a completely new product and mm. now I know everything there is to know about encapsulated malic acid and so where, <laughs> where can people now buy it is it stocked and how did you get it stocked so we're stocked at the moment in Harvey Nichols Phoenix online we're launching into John Lewis in September Congratulations. Um, Congratulations. Um, and we've actually developed one range, which is in Hotel Chocolat at the moment, and a second range will be released at Christmas. Um, Very exciting. Which is a whole sort of a cacao-infused cocktail range. So a salted caramel one, a cacao mm. martini. They're really Why good. Why did you not bring those to test? <laughs> we actually with don't have any. You know, with, are there any kind of special considerations in terms of selling and, and the amount of alcohol that you have in the candy? So at the moment, we go outside of the legislation. You don't classify our product as alcohol, so we don't need a premises license. So you can nice. sell it in Topshop if you wanted Lovely. to. Lovely. Um, which is great. And the alcohol is 7% ABV, so it is about half a shot per unit, of so per candy. What does that mean for kids? Can you buy it if you're under 18? No. So we do tell the stores as best practice to ID on checkout, and on our website you have to say you're over 18 to verify purchasing it. Mm. Um but that's a best practice rather than a legal thing just because we don't, mm-hmm. you know, when we first started this, people were like, what about the children? <laughs> and I was like, why would children pay £10 for six alcoholic sweets when they can buy Lambrini for three quid with a fake ID? Like, <laughs> Good old Lambrini. It's not their agenda. <laughs> and cherry B and baby sham. It's a, very, it's a very adult taste, right? Like, yeah. It, it, t- it tastes like a cocktail. Yeah. So, Mel, like... Obviously, the food revolution in London has been incredible. Mm. Very quickly, if somebody thinks they want to start a food business, what would be your two top tips? Um, Don't talk to anyone else who has a food business. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, because... I do a lot of talks where people are like, I went to all these talks and I need EHO and I need this and I need food safety assistance, I need BRC accreditation. They come and they're like so terrified by the amount of paperwork they've been told they have to have. And we went a year and a half and this guy rocks up. We ended up for two years renting the top floor of an army site to produce our product. And the EHO guy shows up and I wasn't actually in the office and Emil calls me and my business partner and was like, Mel, we're registered as a food business, right? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and he was like, right, well, the guy from Camden's here and says we're not. And I was like, oh, okay. And ask him what we should do. And we just said to him, you know, like, we didn't realise we had to do this. And he was like, all right, here's what you have to do. I'll be back in a month. I'll do your rating then. And was really good about it. And what's really funny is people think, like, the legislation's out to get them, when actually it's not. It's there for the consumer to be kept safe but you don't get that far in the process of reaching your consumer without someone stepping in and being like by the way you need this but no one slaps you on the wrist you don't get into a store in the first place so melanie goldsmith aka the ultimate hustler is going to be staying with us for our next section which is our badass balls ups that's our problem page where we try and solve your problems give you some of our wisdom use our combined nearly a hundred years of mistakes made and lessons not learnt to help you solve your problems and melanie will be helping us too so stay tuned for that Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co-host Emma Sexton and this week we also have the fabulous Melanie Eusebi with us. And our guest this week is Melanie Goldsmith, the founder of Smith & Sinclair, an alcoholic sweet company. I've had two. I'm basically drunk. Um, she's going to be staying with us to answer your problems in our badass balls up section, which I honestly, we've all had a lot of the sweets. I don't know how good they're going to be. But alcohol makes us more confident about everything. So we're going to give you very decisive views this week, I think. Uh, so kicking us off, kicking us off this week is actually my balls up. Um, I got pulled up by this, by the girls. So I was invited to be on a panel and I sort of, People invite me to be on panels quite a lot, and so sometimes I'm not that good at reading what I've been invited to do. And so I said yes to this thing, and I hadn't really kind of seen what it was or what it involved. And about two days before, the organiser sent me another email and said, so you're going to be on stage with Jane Garvey, the host of Women's Hour, being interviewed by Richard Madeley of Richard and Judy fame. And I freaked out. <laughs> and I actually emailed her back and said are you sure you want me to do this? I think it might be better just to have Jane and Richard talking to each other. I know, I'm so ashamed of myself. <laughs> I'm so ashamed. So unbadass, Harriet. But I must admit, I, I would have been intimidated because it's it's... Um, women's hour and we're like we're the badass women's hour so it's a bit awkward isn't it was it's it awkward, awkward. It, it was awkward. it awkward it was a bit awkward um, <laughs> there was a moment where I had to I had to admit that we like had basically stolen their name because we love the brand but um, <laughs> it was you know it actually went really really well and I was really proud of it but just that moment before when I had that crisis of confidence and I thought you are two actual proper full scale celebrities who am I to be on a stage with you? Badass. Exactly. <laughs> what is it? Well, that's the thing. Like, you know, we're all going to get the, we're going to be intimidated by the people that we're interviewing. All I need you to do next time is call a friend first. Don't send the email. Don't say, don't ask them, oh, wait, are you sure you want me? Are you sure that I am good enough? They invited you. And so honest, next time you call me, you call Emma, you call Natalie, and we will tell you, do not send an email. Do not send them a message asking them if basically questioning their whole decision around choosing you. Because actually, it's a little bit insulting. <laughs> they chose you. It's not that they said, oh, we're looking for someone and we just, okay, we just saw Harriet walking by and we chose it. No, no. They chose you because they wanted something from you that only you can give. So don't ever do that again because I will leap across this table and throttle you. When she told me this. It's like, well, <laughs> well, I was thinking, how can we call this the Badass Women's Hour? Like, we'd have to change the name of the show, Harriet. We would. We'd have to change the whole Plus, thing. Harriet, you love a threesome. So why were you trying to get yourself out of that, that one? It's not a fact. <laughs> that is not a fact, Melanie Goldsmith. Yeah, better say Goldsmith beside that one. <laughs> I'm just going to have to explain that to my parents. Oh, so I think it's a really good point, a really good point though, Melanie, which is that actually call a friend, right? When you're having a bit of a crisis of confidence, call a friend and say, is this a legitimate crisis of confidence or am I being ridiculous? Because I do believe that when somebody offers you a stage, you just have to put your big girl panties on and get on that stage <laughs> and like say your piece. Yes. And you were incredible. You, were, you did really well. Thank really you. proud of you. Thanks, Emma. Okay. So that is my problem. I'm not going to repeat it, but it, it was... It was a low point for me last week. <laughs> Never mind. Um, Melanie, what is the problem that you've got this week? So I was speaking to my girl, Polly, and she's 35, so a bit younger than me. And she is asking advice in regards to freezing her eggs. Oh, tricky. So, you know, she doesn't. she's not in a relationship right now. And she wants to have children, but she also wants to have children within, you know, with a partner. She doesn't want to have a, a child by herself right now. And she said, Mel, should I, you know, investigate freezing my eggs? It's hella expensive. You know, I'm there's nothing kind of I'm not going through a therapy of per se for me to get it on the NHS. So it would be a self-investment. But, you know, is it worth even doing it now? I'm 35. 
I so I've looked I actually had a moment a couple of weeks ago I didn't particularly want children but I had a moment a couple of weeks ago where I had a freak out about who was going to look after me in my old age and I thought best reason to have a child yeah absolutely the only reason to have a child um, and I thought should I be at least be investigating this in case I change my mind and I suddenly really have that moment where I think I am regretting this it is really expensive and also the other thing is it your chances of it kind of working and getting in quotes good quality eggs decrease as you get older but one thing I would say is before you do any of that you can go and actually get your fertility checked there's a lot of myths about fertility and how it decreases and increases given your age and the thing that is actually the biggest decider of your fertility is probably your mother's fertility and the biology that's passed down so talk to your mum about it when did she go through menopause what was that like for her when how old was she when she had her last child that kind of stuff and then you can go to a private clinic and for kind of about 150 to 200 pounds you can get your fertility checked and they'll tell you how many eggs you have left how long you're going to be fertile for what your chances of conceiving naturally are and how that's going to decrease given your age so before you do anything else do that emma what would you think i it's really hard i mean for somebody that doesn't want kids i find it a bit difficult to answer this i I do I do find though the constant the way that people think about having kids is it's almost like they're buying a house or they're getting a car and there's just a lot of assumptions that you are going to conceive that you are going to have children and it's life there's so many variables and it's almost like you know can we get a bit more prepared for that can we get a bit more prepared for for not basically having your own biological children when did you decide that you didn't want to have children uh, I knew from the age of 11 when I first watched the first episode of Home and Away <laughs> and Pippa had all her foster children and I just went, I want to do that one day. And I've never, ever wanted kids, but I spent a long time in lots of turmoil because people were like, you'll change your mind. Who's going to look after you when you get older? And it just became, this was basically for 10 years, from like 27 to 37, people were basically questioning what my decision was. And I was in turmoil about it. But now I'm like, no, 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 I'm 100% sure. So would you still want to foster at some point? Yeah, I really would. I'd want to foster or adopt. I just feel like there's a lot of children who are in this world and you don't decide whether you're going to be in this world or not. And they're having a really tricky time. And if I can take that child or that person and help them, you know, help their their lives out, then yeah, I'd love to do that in my 50s for sure. Melanie G, do you think you would ever consider freezing your eggs? Do you think you'd look at fertility treatment? Because you're a bit younger, so how do you feel? Do you feel you've got ages or do you worry about it? It's funny, I don't actually think about it that much and I'm in a relationship with someone who doesn't push me to think about it at all, which is really nice. But also, I am 28, some of my friends are getting married, some are thinking about having kids, some had kids by accident. Um... It do- I don't like looking after them, <laughs> so I barely like looking after a dog right now. Um, I haven't, it's not actually, it's not something that I've put a lot of thought into. I wish there was more education around adoption because I was speaking to my friend who's very sure she will only ever adopt. And she told me the other day, it's actually very hard to adopt internationally now. You, you know, it used to be that China and Russia had really good relationships with the UK on adoption sort of support and I want to say import-export, but that's obviously not appropriate. (laughs) Um, But now it's actually really hard. So you actually have a very low chance of adopting anywhere outside of the UK. So it makes that whole list a lot slimmer. But there's sort of no knowledge around what is that list? How do you get on it? What's the timeline to get a child? Do you have to foster first? And I think it would be good to have more information outside of just this like fertility scaremongering that is the mm. only thing that I see is mm. the Facebook ads that tell me to freeze my eggs and I'm like Ooh, yeah. the Facebook ads picked up on that? <laughs> yeah and oh, even that's when you know yeah. that's when you know you've reached a stage in life when the yeah. Facebook ads start <laughs> <laughs> pitching out stuff to you you're like I oh had... I should be thinking about children is that what you're saying? I had menopause ads come off my Facebook <laughs> I was like I should put my birthday back on <laughs> it's the gin girl it's the gin the gin candies <laughs> um, and then our final problem for this week Emma what is it? yeah so this is from Camilla it came through our Facebook page and she said I'm on a I'm off on holiday soon and my body confidence is at an all-time low I don't want to spend my days covered up but I'm not sure I can brave the beach in a bikini help me Camilla I feel your pain oh my gosh I so feel her pain yeah oh no oh Melanie let's start with you how do you feel about that like if somebody said we're going on holiday tomorrow bring your bikini how would you feel about it I wouldn't go Really? Yeah, I wouldn't go for my for a because bikini. Of that. Yeah, and then I, you know what? I know that walking down the road, everyone's like, "Oh, 
no, of course not, Melanie. You look fantastic. And I was like, well, I do weigh this much, but you're tall. And I was like, actually, I shouldn't say the first word, but I would start with the B. And I'm like, really? Don't try to excuse the weight by being tall. Like, I, I, It's because when you have been big before, even though you have lost weight. So, you know, I'm in the midst of, I've lost two and a half stone now. Mm. And so I'm on the way down. But even, even when you lost weight, your brain doesn't catch up. And so... Yeah, I totally feel you. And even though I know what I do for a living, I encourage women to be empowered. And I'm like, yeah. And I see all these amazing women. You go down to Brazil, doesn't matter what size they are. They are just hot, sexually aware, chill with their little bikini bottoms that don't exist. I know this. I know this for a fact. And yet, in terms of translating into actual behavior myself, I've always just been the overly tall, overly big kind of person in the room that I've always tried to hide. So yeah, I totally feel you, girl. When you find out the answer, you let me know. Oh, Send so a Emma, note. what do you think? <laughs> well, it breaks my heart to hear really healthy, beautiful human beings not wanting to be in a bikini on holiday. Because actually, when you are on holiday, and I was in Ibiza only a couple of months ago, and I really had a look round, and I was like, there is nobody here that has what I would say a perfect body. Everybody looked completely different. In fact, no, you couldn't even put in like an average body size or a body shape. And it's just like... I don't know. I've just got to the age where I'm like, I have spent so many years giving myself a hard time about how I look in a bikini. I'm getting older. <laughs> like It gets harder to maintain your body. And like, I'm just at a point now where I'm like, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to entertain that conversation. I'm not going to ruin my holiday. You are on holiday. You are healthy. Like... So I've had for years and years, I've had a thing about kind of, I should be thinner. Like it came very much from my family. It's very much the message I got growing up. And I remember at university, I really, really fancied this guy. He was just gorgeous. And he quite fancied me. And it, for some reason, it never quite happened. There's an embarrassing story about why it didn't happen. We're not going to end that now. <laughs> Next week. And about six years later, and in my head, I told myself the reason it never happened was because I was too fat. And six years later, I was working in an estate agent's as a Saturday job, randomly, and he came in with his fiancée, who looked exactly like me. The same size, same appearance, exactly like me. I was like, I've spent six years telling myself this guy did not fancy me because I'm too fat, and he's basically marrying me. And that was the point when I decided this is not... I'm just getting over this now. This is not helping me. I'm getting over it. But on a practical level, if you are feeling a bit kind of ugh about getting your body out in a bikini, this is what I do. Number one, Murad Skin Firming Cream. Bloody amazing. You will drop a dress size <laughs> the second you put it on. It's incredible. <laughs> Buy some of that. It's expensive. It's completely worth that it. That product placement was not paid for by the Murad <laughs> organization. No, totally, totally like based on reality. Get a fake tan. Like helps, makes you feel better. And buy, invest in a bikini that you feel really fabulous in. Like, go spend some time, take a friend, whatever it is you need to do, buy something that makes you feel amazing so that when you're on the beach, you already feel great. Do you know what? I love that advice, but all that money you're going to spend on skin cream, bikini, spray tan, just spend it on a couple of sessions with a therapist and start <laughs> to just, like, be a bit more happy yourself. And actually, who is it? Style Me Sunday has a whole Warrior Woman campaign, and there are women posting pictures of themselves in a bikini and giving zero Fs about it. Can I flip it on its head for one second? Because I've got a really good friend who's always been obscenely thin her whole life and just naturally has a really fast metabolism, eats like you have never seen someone eat. Like every meal she has, she looks like she's been starved for five years. Um, and she's decided to go vegan in the last month and she's dropped another stone. And people have started commenting openly in the street to her being like, eat a pie or like, you know, someone not feeding you and like, verbally abusing her in the street in the way that I've never seen someone overweight be called like fat out in the street or stop eating out in the street I just haven't seen that but with her I've been with her when it's happened yeah, it's so true. and she's scared about going on holiday because she's like I don't want to be in a bikini we went swimming the other day into the Hampstead Pond at midnight bunch of us went skinny dipping and she would only take her clothes off under the water with her friends oh so and it was, you know... What we're saying is this is just not acceptable, right? Ladies, it's not acceptable. You have one body. You only get it for a limited period of time. Yeah. Invest some time and effort in learning to love it because it is yours. You are not really going to be able to morph yourself into somebody else. So learn to love your body and enjoy it because that is the most important, liberating, and I think politically powerful thing we as women can do. 
So we need to say a big thank you for her wisdom, brilliance, general hustle-like ability to the lovely Melanie Goldsmith. Hey, thank you for having me. Thanks for getting us drunk, Mel. <laughs> Coming up in our next section, we are looking at a backdated badass, a woman from history that you absolutely need to know more about. And this one is a 1950s icon. Stay tuned. Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co-hosts Emma Sexton and Melanie Saby. And it's that time of the show where we talk about a backdated badass, a woman from history that you absolutely need to know about. And this week's is a bit of a 1950s movie legend. And she's brought to us by Emily Lien, a PR guru. So, Emily, tell us who it is and why you love her. Hi. So, um, yes, this um, week's Backdated Badass is Ida Lupino. Um, And the reason I love her is because, well, I'm really into sort of uh, the golden era of Hollywood films. And I recently was kind of finding out more about her. And it turns out that she wasn't just an actress. Um, She was also one of the first women to direct, write and produce her films. And not only that, but also her films tackled real social issues affecting women at the time um, that were actually quite taboo um, in in those days. And, And she wasn't afraid of sort of tackling those and actually did some fantastic work. What kind of topics was she tackling in her work? So um, things like her first film that she um, she co-wrote and co-produced was called Unwanted, and that was all about um, an un, sort of an Ill- illegitimate pregnancy um, by a young woman, which again, you know, is very sort of taboo topic at the time. She she took that on, and interestingly, actually, um, the director of that film, three days into directing, had a heart attack and couldn't shoot it anymore. So Ida Lupino stepped in because she didn't have time to look for a director and decided to direct it herself despite having no sort of prior experience. And she did an amazing job. The, the film's actually available. You can see it on YouTube. And it's pretty amazing. It's very, she, want, she wanted to steer away from any melodrama. So it's very realistic it's, um, in its portrayal. And it, it kind of really looks at it from the woman's point of view. And how did Hollywood kind of react to her? Was she embraced by it? Was she seen as a bit of outsider? What was that? Um, No, well, interestingly, she was always considered to be a bit difficult. She had a bit of a reputation because she never really settled. Um, At the beginning, when she was an actress, um, she was kind of cast in all these kind of sexy um, roles and she sort of rebelled against that and said, no, I want to do things that are a bit more interesting and a bit more um, challenging. And, um, and she really kind of fought her cause, and often she was put on suspension by the studios because she was seen as difficult. But it paid out for her because in the end she did get those meaty roles, and she paid you know, some really good sort of badass roles in the 1940s. Um, but she did earn that reputation for being a bit eccentric, a bit difficult. And in the end, that's why she actually went and formed her own production company with her then husband. And that's when she could start to do all these fantastic films that she then um you know that then tackled all those taboos and i think that's the kind of trend we're seeing amongst hollywood actresses today as well isn't it about actually if you want the roles you want if you want to create the kind of films you want to watch you do have to create your own production company and build that content yourself absolutely but she was doing it back then she was the first woman to do that and, um, you know, there were no female directors around. There had been one female director up to that point. When the um, film Unwanted came out, I think it was in 1949, it did incredibly well. It had been shot on a shoestring. It did really well. And suddenly she was accepted by sort of Hollywood as, a, you know, a, a director and a real fem- filmmaker. Funnily enough, she was, um, she was invited to join the Screen Directors Guild, um, which was a huge organisation of 1,300 men and no women. So she was the second woman only to be invited wow. um, into this guild, which was a huge honour for her, bearing in mind, you know, it was the first film she directed as well. So it's quite amazing. Yeah, I'm sure the funny thing is with her, even though her name isn't necessarily known now, I'm sure that she, she did definitely open up doors for women in Hollywood. I mean, if you look at Hollywood now, I, I mean, my perspective is it's still very male-dominated. There are some women doing fantastic work out there, though, and it is becoming more and more sort of open to women. Um, but I, I think she, she broke down those barriers and, and made people realise. There's a really nice story as well that said that on her set, she was seen as kind of mother, 
um, you know, she was always really nice to everybody. She was never kind of too sort of full on, you know, she was, she was a really nice person, but she called herself a bulldog when it came to producing and, and she really wouldn't let go and she made sure she, she got the best deals for her productions. So, um, you know, she had that great sort of manner about her and I think she really looked out for people and, I, you know, that's another thing I really like about her. And I think she's given us all a lesson to take forward today, which is, you know, if you're a woman and you're not seeing the content you want out there, create it yourself. Absolutely. Thanks so much for that, Emily. That's I No Yopina, problem. Our backdated badass for this week. Um, so we're coming towards the end of our show where we talk about a principle for the week, something you should be living your life by for the next seven days. Emma, you've got the principle this week. What is well, it? Well, I have. Normally, Natalie does the principle, and I must admit, I was like, oh, what will our principle be this week? But, well, I've got two. I've got two, based on the theme of the show. Okay. So, I'm, I'm, well, one is love yourself, because that's come through quite a lot. But then I thought maybe it should be feel yourself, not in a not in a self-pleasure way, but just, like, really enjoy your body, your life experiences, like, feel good about yourself. It seems to fit into the show perfectly, It really. does, doesn't it, with all the innuendos like, that are on today? Exactly. So feel yourself as, as principle of the week. What love do you think? Love that. Love it. I love it. What all does the feels. feel yourself mean for you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that there, you know what, there are some places in my, there are some areas in my life I'm, you know, I'm confident that, you know, you're going to tell me I'm stupid. Really? Is that what you're going to tell me? <laughs> you know, you're going to tell me I'm not intelligent. Fine. But when it comes down to kind of looks and body image, then that feeling yourself thing, I'm going to have to work on it. So yes, I'm, I'm going to focus more on that. So my tip for you, if you want to feel yourself this week is to literally feel yourself. Yes. Literally people. It, but if you said it, Bems, a bit of self-love actually makes you feel so much better about yourself and your whole body. So that's how I'm interpreting it. And I'm looking forward to my weekend. <laughs> we will be here again next week. Same time, same place. Talking about all the stuff that you want to hear about. But if in the meantime you want to chat to us, do you know what you should do? You should find us on Twitter at Badass Women's Hour, HR at Badass Women's Hour. Or on Facebook or Instagram, same place, all the socials. Or you can talk to us directly. I'm at Harriet Minter. Emma? I'm at Emma Sexton. And Melanie? At Melanie Eusebi. And we'll be here on Talk Radio again, same time next week. Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. On Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.